Welcome to HCS Talks. I am your host, Superintendent Raymond Haynes. If you're listening for the first time, we just started this podcast about a month ago. So we are still fairly new to the podcast world. So thanks for tuning in. If it is important to students, parents, teachers, the community, or anything that has to do with education, we hope to cover it on HCS Talks. The goal is to inform, educate, and entertain you. Our last several episodes have spotlighted the school division, our city, and even some of our students. Today's episode will include a different twist. It may just simply entertain you. You see, I began as superintendent of Hampton City Schools on July 1 of this year. However, I am a proud product of Hampton City Schools and have spent my entire 28 year career with Hampton City Schools in many different capacities. So today, I'm sitting down with a close friend and previous colleague who will remain anonymous. He is going to help me share some things about myself that the listening audience may want to know about their new superintendent. So, welcome to HCS Talks, and I certainly want to thank you for being here. Well, good morning, and thank you for inviting me uh, Dr. Haynes, it's my honor and privilege to sit across from you and have this wonderful discussion that we will have today. Yes, sir. Well, I certainly appreciate your taking the time to do so. So for the listening audience, so can you tell them about perhaps how we met? And make sure when you respond that there's a 100% accuracy in this. Uh, I have a vivid memory. I was a <laughs> elementary teacher in my first year at Jane H. Bryant Elementary. I walked into the office and I seen this young man at that time with an S-curl standing at the counter just looking so sharp and professional. Remember and I, I said accuracy. That's I, not accurate. <laughs> that's the way I remember it. Okay. And, and I said, I have to get to know that young man. And eventually we met and that was back in 93, 94, maybe five. But uh, ever since then, we've been pretty good friends. <laughs> was that accurate enough? I didn't tell about that. There, the, was, there was some accuracy in that in terms of how we met. Uh, back I didn't in, discuss about the S-curl. Yeah. You were had started your career in education, and during that time I was an intern, so yes, I had aspirations of perhaps working for Hampton City Schools, but was still actually in school, so there is some accuracy in what you said. Okay, but I would uh, also like to say that uh, that look and distinctive hairdo that you had was quite impressive with the S curl and that little curl going right down the middle of your forehead. I thought at first you were a celebrity. <laughs> Let me ask you this. <laughs> we know you're a Hamptonian. Tell us about when you, uh, your educational journey as a young child and the different schools that you attended uh, when you were younger. Well, um, 
Yes, you're right. I'm a proud Hamptonian, born and raised here. I'm a product of Hampton City Schools. I have uh, five siblings. Um, so my parents had six children all together, four boys, two girls. So the youngest boy and then my two sisters are the youngest overall. Um, so my parents raised us and, and instilled in us at a very early age the importance of education and all the doors and opportunities that uh, come about as a result of having that strong foundation. So we all started our elementary years at Captain John Smith Elementary School and went on to Spratley Junior High. It was junior high school back then. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was not as long as when you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, that was during the time when I went to high school it was junior high, so ninth graders was seventh, eighth, and ninth. So ninth graders were still in junior high. But after that year, when I went to uh, high school, the ninth graders came with us, and they had moved towards the middle school model. So after Spratley, I went to Phoebus High School. And I've shared just within faculty meetings this year so far with staff, one of the things I recall quite vividly is all of my teachers, good, bad, or indifferent, and the impacts, mm -hmm. impact they have made on my life. So I recognize some of those experiences, experiences that weren't so favorable as well as the ones that were the most positively impactful. So when going into this profession, I wanted to look from the perspective of being that type of person that made a positive impact on the lives of young people like it was done for me uh, at every school I attended and some of those folks I still have relationships and connections with to this day. Were you ever sent to the principal's office or to the dean's office for, you know? Principal's office, honestly, at in elementary school, yes. I was very competitive in nature, and we used to have, <laughs> back then, we had kickball tournaments, and the classes would compete to see who had the best class in terms of kickball so at some point in time we weren't didn't look like we were going to win so was not being a good sport <laughs> at the time so principal had some conversations with me about it yes it being appropriate to be competitive but you still have to be a good sport and show sportsmanship so he gave ball. you another opportunity he gave me another opportunity and one of the things that I uh, still remember to this day is how afraid I was when I went in there but um Basically, he was telling me, I understand that you have a passion for this, but sportsmanship and practicing good sportsmanship is key. And he basically told me, you're better than that, so I expect better things from you. So I, re I remember that to this day in that he focused on the positive aspect of what I was doing, but also redirected me in a, in a, in a more productive way. So when you became an administrator, did you remember that lesson and try to provide oh, those same second chances and opportunities I, I to the young people? absolutely did, regardless of people. the situation. And I think we're very similar with that. Give the consequence, uh, but you always end up by saying, I recognize that you're better than this. When you come back, we're starting all over. So this is what you did. Here's your consequence. But coming back here, we start a clean slate, and we continue to move forward. So... Uh, we often say, you and I have said before, you are free to, to make, make the choices that you make. make. But you're but not, not free, free from the consequences <laughs> of your choices. That's right. Yeah. But let me we always see you. You're so dapper, fine dress all the time. 
What does Dr. Haynes do to unwind? Do you ever come out that suit and tie? <laughs> well, I think that um, very early on in my career, I've had some great mentors and role models, and you know, often saying, you know, in this profession, I, oftentimes we're not given the credit and um, and respect that we deserve. And one of the things they instilled in me very early on is to uh, be professional and dress professional. Uh, it lets the world or community know how you want to be perceived. So I take that very seriously, and I believe wholeheartedly in this profession of education and uh, Coming into the office every single day, I want to make certain that I put my best foot forward. And I actually like, I actually <laughs> like and prefer wearing suits on a regular I do, basis. But you know, uh, let me share with the listeners about. <laughs> it's okay. Well, to hey, be. wait a minute. Make sure once again I have to uh, put a disclaimer in there that you are going to share something that is accurate. This is accurate. Uh, the time that I stopped by your home and you were cutting your grass with a sport coat, dress shoes, hard bottoms, and pants. I couldn't believe it. Whoever told gave you that advice, I'm sure that they didn't mean that you keep on your suit and tie while you're cutting the grass. Well, remember accuracy. Now, most of what you said is accurate. I did not have on a tie. I happened to see some but you had on unevenness in the, <laughs> in the you yard. Had on a and I figured coat. I would just even it out right quickly. And then once I started doing it, I continued on. And I had just gotten off from work. So that is not typically how I would That's the mold time. on. But that is that one time that you that was the happened one to see it. And I know I will never live that down well, and you'll continue to remind me of that. I just never seen anyone like that, that was dressed right. that fine cutting their grass. <laughs> that was, so, that was so, over 30 years ago. It's <laughs> so, blazing in my mind. So what do you do to relax when you come home from a hard day's work? We all know you work extremely hard. What do you do to relax? Well, I'm trying to... Um, like, do you, your favorite movie? Yeah. I'm trying to develop some hobbies as, as I move on into my later years in life. But um, right now, I love being around my family and loved ones, and that brings me a sense of peace and comfort, just being around loved ones, whether we're just sitting there watching a movie or watching the news and just being in around folks that I know have my best interests at heart. And um, it, it for me, just being around those folks brings me a sense of comfort and peace. And don't necessarily have to be doing anything, but if it so happens there's a movie or some event. Do you, do you have a sports. favorite movie? <laughs> I, I don't... Well, what's your favorite I don't, snack I don't food? like... Well, I don't have a particular favorite movie. There are quite a few that I enjoy from uh, a multitude of genres. But um, I will say that <laughs> one of the movies that uh, 
sort of inspired me to get into this profession was uh, Lean On Me. And, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman uh, being one of my favorite actors. I'm not necessarily saying that every aspect of that movie is something I agree with, but the inspirational pieces in terms of his connectivity and relationship and rapport with young people and their families and how he was not going to let his student body settle uh, for mediocrity or failure and how he promoted the importance of a safe school environment and building those relationships overall. It was very inspirational, and I know it was, it was based on a true story. So it did give me some inspiration to go into this profession uh, and, and do the work that we have done for quite some time now. I do recall, I think, in that movie, he also tried to instill uh, the students with school pride by learning the school song. Do you happen to remember <laughs> any of your schools that you attended uh, a school song? We all know you can sing, so we're not even going to discuss yeah, that. that. Do you recall any of them? I, I do know uh, Phoebus's alma mater. That is something that is has been instilled and embedded in me. Mr. Crump teach you? Mr. Crump? Yes, Mr. Crump was the course teacher there, and he was one of the best teachers I had, and his work uh, just spoke volumes to ensuring that he got the best out of us during our time there at Phoebus High School as well. Would you care to share with your listeners just one stanza? No. no. I can talk it, but you know, having a voice back then and and at 16 compared to the age that I am now is totally different. <laughs> okay. But as a child, would you create parodies of songs to taunt or entertain your siblings? <laughs> is that accurate? <laughs> I'm going to have a conversation. <laughs> With my siblings, because it seems like you must have had a conversation with one or two of them. I don't know, but is that true? Would you create? We'll put it this way: I, it, it, there's probably some accuracy with that, but there was bantering back and forth. So, you know, growing up in a house with you know five siblings, and then there were some other relatives that lived with us. So, there was a lot of bantering. It was always entertaining in the Haynes household. Can you share just no. one? No, I no, not at this time. He threw me off guard with that question. I'd have to think about it. Oh, okay. What about this one? Is it true that as a child that you would spend a few days a week <laughs> on the porch? <laughs> I spent a lot of time reflecting on the porch. <laughs> I spent... A lot of time reflecting on the porch. Um, you know, my parents always wanted what was best for us. And if mm -hmm. sometimes I veered off the path of uh, being what was expected of me, then I would spend some time on that porch reflecting about the choices that I made. Okay. That, so that is accurate. <laughs> Okay, let's get back to and this. And out of every child in that house, you, 
I probably, well, I don't recall my siblings spending time on it. It was probably, that porch was they just for me. <laughs> I heard you had a special chair. It was just for me. It was Ray Ray's chair. <laughs> uh, as we begin this new uh, school year, do you have any advice for the new teachers that have joined Hampton City Schools this year. Well, first I want to want to thank them for choosing Hampton City Schools. There are a lot of other divisions in this immediate area, and they could have chosen other districts, but we certainly thank them for choosing Hampton and choosing Hampton City Schools to make a positive difference in the lives of young people. Um, in terms of advice, you know, it's always good to make certain you set the stage and establish relationships and rapport with your students. Uh, from the very beginning. And at times that might take away from what we consider the core business of teaching and learning. But if you set that up on the front end and build those relationships relationships with students, it is something that will serve you exceptionally well uh, in the school year and in your years to come in your profession. I was talking earlier about my time and remembering all my teachers, but the ones who made the most impact in terms of positive impact were the ones who took the time to establish a relationship and rapport with me in the class as a whole. Just understanding and knowing that there was um, something more to just teaching me reading, writing, and mathematics and all the other content areas that came with it. They wanted to make certain that um, they got to know me as a person and... Um, wanted to ensure that, first and foremost, that I was going to be, be in a safe and nurturing environment and that they cared about me. Once I recognized how much they cared about me personally, it seemed like there was nothing that I could not accomplish while being in those classrooms. So I can't say enough about establishing relationship and rapport with young people. Take advantage of the uh, written curriculum that we have in place for them. It will save them a lot of time in terms of not having to create some things because it's there for them. Uh, doesn't say you can't use your own creativity in delivering the lessons and activities, but we um, are very pleased with what we have outlined or prescribed in the CIA website in terms of the written curriculum. But do you have any advice for a seasoned teacher that may be aspiring, aspiring to be an administrator within Hampton City Schools? I think you have to start, you have to look at it from the perspective of if this is something you're aspiring to do, conduct yourself as though you're already in that role. Take advantage of uh, perhaps connecting with administrators in your building in a mentoring capacity. Ask questions and, and take advantage of taking on some leadership roles within your school as well. I think a lot of that is uh, letting people, making people aware that this is what you're aspiring to do and seeking ways to get some mentorship throughout that process. Um, have um, a lot of administrative programs that um, – often in surrounding colleges and universities. I have been intimately involved with um, Old Dominion's Old Dominion University's leadership cohort uh, even prior to my becoming superintendent where I served as the liaison between Old Dominion and Hampton City Schools where we uh, continue to grow our own. And that has proven to be extremely beneficial for us because we get first-hand understanding of what that person brings to the table. And when we're looking to place individuals in various administrative positions, we're looking for the best fit. 
And then working with them for two years or more, you're able to uh, um, very readily see what they bring to the table. And uh, we take advantage of that from, from that standpoint. And not just that, but the experience that they gather from working with the division leadership team, because most of the division leadership team members teach the courses, um, it's like a two-year interview almost. But even so, once they get into the position that they're seeking, we always look at how you pay it forward. The same way you were provided with mentoring and guidance and direction, we expect them to do the same in return. So that helps you to uh, build capacity in that whole concept with concepts of uh, succession planning, excuse me, I think proves to benefit the division as a whole. Well, I know our time is getting short, so before we leave, what are you looking forward to the most as the new superintendent of Hampton City Schools? There are many things, but I, I can't, I, I can't um, lose sight of the fact that one of the things I'm most looking forward to is interacting with young people and having conversations with them about how we can best improve our crafts and practices to ensure we met, we're making an impact with them academically, socially, and emotionally, and then interacting with the staff as well. Um, we, we, we know the division, the things, the great things that our division has accomplished and will continue to accomplish is centered around our teachers and administrators um, firsthand and, and working with our young people. And, and not losing sight of the fact that our support of our support staff as well. You're looking at transportation, our school nurses, social workers, psychologists. All of these folks come together to ensure Hampton City Schools will remain the first choice. So when folks are moving to this area, we want people to choose Hampton City Schools. And I think that family-oriented environment and feel and the uh, collaboration and connectivity, sense of kinship and belonging, um, makes Hampton stand out, I believe, above and beyond any other district. Good. One last question. Is there anything that keeps you up at night other than the Pittsburgh Steelers losing? <laughs> I thought we'd get through this. <laughs> Win or lose, I am still a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. For the listening audience, my father was born and raised in Pittsburgh, so our household grew up loving no other team other than the Steelers. Uh, there was one sibling who veered off the path, and I'm not even going to name his team. It's not even worthy of mentioning that team. But I will say that my Steelers hold more championship rings than your Raiders who can't decide what city they want to play in. Well, you've been, city or state, for that matter. <laughs> you've been around since the 30s, so, you know, you've been around longer. <laughs> Typically, you have a bet more, a better chance of uh, achieving the, the highest goal. But I don't think this they started is our winning year. Super Bowls until the 70s, though. We weren't established to 60s, in the okay. 60s, so. Well, you were established during the time the Steelers were winning Super Bowls. Half of those, you weren't even born yes. during that time. You're absolutely right. Okay. So they don't count. But when I was born, <laughs> I was wearing a Steelers onesie. <laughs> All right. 
So what does keep me up at night? Seriously, just looking at, just thinking through and, and making certain that we have uh, done everything we possibly can to ensure a safe and nurturing environment and just the safety aspect of it all. And not just for students, for staff as well. So just thinking through how we can reflect upon our practices that we currently have in place and be more proactive in, in um, ensuring that we're providing a safe and nurturing environment. Um, also think about our young people and, and some of the things they may be going back home to, whether it's in their homes or in their communities and and just what they may be grappling with. So I believe wholeheartedly in, in uh, working with the entire child and looking at my background in clinical social work, I believe wholeheartedly in ensuring that we provide uh, support around the social emotional learning of, of young people and staff as well. So can't say enough about that because I believe once you look at it from that perspective, you're looking at the entire person and you're not just looking at the person coming in to learn what we're providing in terms of instructionally, or not just looking at that teacher providing instruction or what he or she may be contracted to do regardless of the position they hold in the system, but looking at how they are as an individual per first and, and ensuring that we're providing structures and support and ensuring that they're going to be healthy uh, from all aspects. Well, I appreciate you uh, inviting me this morning. Uh, it is my pleasure to have known you when and to know you now. Uh, you have always been a servant leader. I wish you nothing but success. Just stay the course. And uh, we're just so proud. I'm so just so proud of you and your accomplishments. And I wish you nothing but success. Hampton City Schools could not have selected a better superintendent than Dr. Raymond L. Haynes. <laughs> I appreciate your saying that, sir, and I appreciate your encouragement along the way. And it's been many, many years and things that you have sort of kind of predicted that would happen to me. Yeah. Uh, I believe 100% of those things have come to fruition. So I know that I am only as good as the folks who surround me, and I feel very fortunate to have a good friend like you in my corner as well as um, um, my family you. and other loved ones as well so i i wake up each morning with a with a grateful heart and grateful that i've been given this opportunity to lead the school district as superintendent and um i'm going to continue to do so with the support of the board and city council and city manager and and hampton city schools as well and uh hopefully make an impact, a positive impact on Hampton City Schools and a school division that has given so much to me and my family and just as importantly, my daughter as well. And you will. You will. Uh, the best is yet to come. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully we entertain our listeners a bit and didn't bore them too much as they got to know me a little bit more. And to our listeners, we would love it if you would subscribe to HCS Talks podcast. It is a great way to keep up with Hampton City Schools. Remember, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. As one community, one transformation, we will ensure academic excellence for every child, every day, whatever it takes. We're looking forward to next time. 
Listen to learn more about Hampton City Schools. New episodes of HCS Talks drop on Thursdays. Subscribe and listen to HCS Talks. HCS Talks is a Hampton City Schools production.